Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Drive and Dish Podcast. There's the Drive and Dish. Quick, quick. Welcome to your Kodak moment, my friend. To start it off, it's Kevin Rafuse and Justin Kuzite. Let's go. One, two, one, two, mic check. So we here we are a week later, and I mean, I don't know. It still doesn't quite kind of feel like reality, but, you know, I, I guess everyone is adjusting to it a little more. Um, that, of course, is in the passing of Kobe Bryant and the eight others on board that helicopter. Um, go back and listen to our full tribute episode um, from earlier in the week. That was, you know, kind of in the, the aftermath of it happening. It's now been, like we said, about a week um, mm-hmm. since that's happened. Um, but the big thing that we want to, you know, talk about, of course, is the intro and that the, the, um, you know, the Lakers tributes and, you know, how they've, uh, they initially had their first game against the Clippers canceled. They did postpone in the aftermath, but they did play the game against the Portland the other night. Um, there were just tons of tributes, obviously, um, you know, a, a really stirring scene at the Staples center. Um, uh, LeBron spoke, but uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, all of it was just incredible, I thought. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. It, it was one that I was wondering how they were going to handle and if it would go over well or, you know, if if people would interpret it wrong or, or however it would go. You know how the Internet can be sometimes. Um, but what I thought was crazy is how you had an entire stadium silent, you know, obviously just giving a moment. Uh, well, I guess 24 seconds, technically 24.2 seconds um, uh, of just silence. Like the whole stadium was silent. And like the the person in me, because I know how horrible people can be, part of me was like, there's going to be some idiot in the crowd that chants something or yells something at some point in those 24 seconds because that's just how the world is now. But it was silent. And there's something to be said for that with how many people were actually in that building at the time, just paying their respects. And then of course, the second the buzzer goes off, they start chaining Kobe. So that was a really cool moment to watch. Um, and obviously man, props to uh, LeBron for not like, I don't know. I don't know anybody that could have gotten through that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, yeah. I don't think I could have gotten up there and just spoke about somebody that you, you, idolize you look up to you competed with you know a friend i don't think i could have done that so shout out to uh lebron for being able to hold it all together and and really deliver a pretty pretty good speech yeah just the fact that he was you know making coherent thoughts and all that i mean i guess that's been the only good thing in all this 
is that it's been cool seeing the tributes and, you know, it's been cool seeing the NBA world come together, past, present. You know, nobody's really bickering. Everybody is just kind of together on this. So that's cool. It also stinks that it takes the death of one of our legends for that to happen yeah. at 41 years old. Yeah, um, that but, always sucks about it, too. I mean, you, you never want that to go away. And obviously, uh, everyone's been, been talking about it. I mean, Kobe's the big focal point of the death that everybody's talking about. But there were a lot of other people involved um, and families that were were also destroyed um so it's not just it's not just kobe it's everybody you know yeah absolutely all, all the victims on board and you know we'll, we'll talk about the all-star changes and a couple of other things that the league is going to do in honor of kobe later on in this podcast process and language spoiler alert all that fun stuff welcome everybody to the driving dish nba podcast my name is kevin rafe joining me as always my co-host justin kuzart i'm 50 and O in rock paper scissors against myers light wife <laughs> wow uh that is a a uh that is a great run uh is is that jimmy that feels like jimmy nope it's bam oh okay okay but i gotta say i feel like there's some foul play nobody just goes 50 and 0 in rock paper scissors like that's just a game of chance so i feel like there's some foul play i mean if you get somebody and you know what they're going to throw because you can game it a little, little bit ah. and have a good idea what they're doing. I don't but... know about that. Unless he's like straight up cheating and like letting his hand come out like a little bit slower than hers. Like, come on. You don't go 50 and oh, it's a game of chance. Well, I feel like it's pretty obvious if you're cheating. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, rock, I paper, scissors, shoot. I don't know about that. There's so... not many ways you can finesse that one. No, I, I, I. So part of me, part of me thinks that should be included in his uh, All Star stats as to why he's been added to the the All Star game, because holy crap, next to it. fifty and zero in rock paper scissors definitely worthy of a, a stat line to throw in there when uh, when introducing him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yes, like like Justin alluded to, congratulations to Bam Adebayo and and all the other All Stars. Uh, We'll be breaking down the rosters, talking snubs and all that fun stuff later on in the episode. Uh, we've also got a little bit of Mavericks talk. Luka Doncic, unfortunately, has injured his ankle. So we're going to talk about that in the playoff race. Who's balling, who's falling, hot takes from Reddit, all that fun stuff. Uh, leave us your review on iTunes. You'll read them good or bad on the podcast. Of course, you can shout out to, or if you're not an Apple user, I should say you can uh, listen to the podcast on Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Spotify. Uh, you name it, we're there. Watch the podcast on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the YouTube page is actually lineups.com on YouTube uh, because lineups is the guys that host us. They're super awesome. Uh, just got done talking with Sam the other day. So um, you can check out you know all the betting stuff all for all sports. Uh, really see all the stats for all sports at lineups.com. And obviously check out some other pretty cool podcasts uh, that are affiliated with us as well. Got a comment on the show? Or do you want to be on the show? You can. Just give us a call on our Google Voice number and leave us a voicemail. 904-580-6295. We'll play your calls on the next episode. We put the number on every social media post on Facebook and on Twitter. So follow us at Driving Dish NBA. Well, as you alluded to in the intro, Kevin, uh, the Mavericks, I believe at this point, have played two games without Luka. Um... Uh, he injured his ankle, going to be out at least six games. So, you know, 
you wonder how much it's going to affect the playoff race uh, for the Mavericks because everything's still really tight. Honestly, what's what I'm getting from this more than anything, because in one of those games, uh, Przingis was also out, and they actually did win. That was against the Hawks. Um, but the four games that Luka has missed, um, I guess this season, Przingis has played really well. So yeah. we're starting to get this trend of Przingis, you know, quote, air quotes, Przingis is better without Luka on the on the court type situation. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. I don't think that necessarily messes with the playoff race because even though they did lose to the Rockets uh, between the bench play and kind of how everybody was playing, the Rockets shot lights out from three at that in that game. So part of me wants to say, even though they lost to the Rockets without Luka being there, Przingis played really well and it was a closer game than probably it should have been. Uh, they had a ton of turnovers in that game. So part of me wants to be like, yes, you lost, but you can still take that as a moral victory and think, you know, we without Luka, we can still compete is is what I'm getting at. Well, they beat Atlanta the other night, um, got a little bit of luck on that front. Um, Trey Young, unfortunately, went out with an ankle injury. Thankfully, that doesn't seem to be too serious. But, you know, the Hawks are obviously playing that cautious. Um, Jalen Brunson played really well that night. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not really reading too much into the Persingas thing. I think Persingas has to step up, ideally. I mean, he's the main, you know, he's the best player on that roster if Luka's, Luka's out. So, yeah, but I'm not really taking into any, oh, they're better on and off the floor. I mean, we haven't even seen enough of them to make a kind of a definitive sample size and any takeaways from it, right. honestly. Um, the amount of time that KP has missed and... You know, they're struggling to get him back going and, and fitting back into the lineup. And it's going to take some time. It was always going to take some adjustment. Chris Stapps missed a lot of time. As for the playoff thing, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's really worth watching. Um, you know, I, I'm not really hitting the panic button yet. Again, we're talking about being a half game back of the Rockets right now for mm -hmm. fifth. Um, but they're only a game in a, or they're only a half game up on the Thunder for seven. Um, they've got plenty of space between that eight seed. So that's good. But still, and they've had the benefit as well of Utah sliding, uh, or sliding recently. They've lost as of recording this podcast. So I think that that's helped keep them tight. And so they'll be in that four to seven kind of range. Mm -hmm. But obviously you'd, you'd rather, you know, the higher seeds you are in the West, the better. I, I don't think, you know, you're either going to get Denver or the Clippers most likely if you have seven or six. And so I think, in a you know, in a dream world, I'd rather play somebody from this mishmash of four through seven than play either Denver or Clippers in the first round because it's probably a loss at the end of the day. Yeah, and it gives you a better shot. I mean, if, if they're fifth, you know, go if you go up against the Jazz, I still don't necessarily like the odds um, and or against the Rockets, to be honest. But, you know, that that is a better matchup than going up against the Nuggets, the Clippers, you know, depending on however, however it lays out. So if you're looking for your best chance to even make it to the next round in the playoffs, you definitely want to be in that area. But like you said, as of now, it's a, a game, game and a half, you know, half a game separation between these guys obviously the uh the jazz like you said they're at 32 wins at the moment uh but have also lost four in a row so um yeah you know and, and the other thing to, to keep in mind too is is the trailblazers while they are technically in ninth and you know a good distance away from 30 wins at this point like seven games back from 30 wins 
they're surging right now. Dame is on fire right now, and, and, and we'll get into him a little bit later. He's going to be in my ball in section, so we'll talk about that. But they're, oh. you know, they're seven and three in their last 10. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, they're behind, but man, you know, a team surgeon like that can close the gap pretty quickly. Yeah, the I mean the biggest concern that if anything with Luca is that it's the same in, it's the same right. ankle that he hurt earlier in the year. He stepped on Kendrick Nunn's foot um, when they were playing Miami back in December, and you know thankfully obviously he was able to return from that. And I don't want to make it seem like this is too too serious. I mean we're yeah. talking about so it's February second we're recording this, and they're saying he could be back as early as February tenth. I imagine the Mavericks err on the side of caution. Um, I don't you know you don't want to rush him back and then God forbid you know he re-injures it or and then you lose him for the season at that point i mean that would absolutely be the worst case scenario um but i i'm not you know it's worth watching obviously because it's the same one and there's that repetitiveness i think you're a little worried about it um Mm -hmm. the chance of re-injuring an ankle that's already injured is obviously more likely but you know in terms of grand picture scheme i don't think we're worried about too much yet um i don't think you know like like you said, I, I don't think Houston is surging enough at this point. I don't think there's anybody really around them that, that's making the push. And even Portland, like you said, I mean, Portland could very well make that eight spot competitive. But we're still talking about being six games back at this point. And we're pretty yeah. close to the all-star break. Like, it would take uh, some serious melting down by the Mavericks and some serious more flame throwing from Damian Lillard to kind of get Portland up into that spot. I'd be wor- yeah. I mean, now, obviously, if you're Memphis, you're a little more worried at that eight spot. But in terms of them shaking up seven through four, it would still, you know, it's still a little unlikely in my opinion. Right. Like to me, like in terms of injuries, like last night for us, uh, as of listening to this, this past weekend, like Kyrie injured his knee. We still haven't gotten word back from that. I'd be more concerned about what's going on there because that didn't look too good. And and Kyrie looked like he was pretty injured. That was against the, uh, the Wizards. So like in terms of uh, Luca's injury, like you said, yeah, it's kind of you. You, you want to worry about it because it's the same injury he had earlier, and maybe there's some you know weakness to it, and that's why it happened again. But at the same time, it's only six games, um, and like I said, in terms of injury lists of things going on around the news of the NBA right now, like Kyrie Irving's, I would I would be a little more more worried about that. And I guess we'll Whoa, hopefully yeah. the MRIs today. So we may be done recording by now, but but it may be it may not be a thing. It may be a thing, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Obviously, anytime you hear a knee injury with Kyrie Irving, it can be a little concerning to say the least. Haven't you know dealt with that before? It is time for, for who's balling and who's falling on the Drive and Dish podcast. And Justin mentioned his a little bit earlier. And, you know, great minds think alike because, duh, who else would ball and be this week? It is Mr. Damian Lillard for me as well. I mean, what else can you say? Let's just run through his last six games uh, going all the way back to January 20th. Lines of 61, 10, and 7, 47, 8, and 6, 50, 13, and 6, 36, 11, and 10, 48, 10, and 9, 51, and 12 last night against the Jazz. Um, all of those except that Denver game have been a win, or it, it, uh, excuse me, not Denver. The Dallas game have been a win that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Portland, like we said, is surging. They are a game and a half back of uh, the M- eight seed with Memphis right now, um, tied with San Antonio for nine. But you know, like we said, it's, it's been a tough season. But boy, Dame is just. I mean, and and Dame is one of those players that too. That, you know, when we mentioned just once they catch fire, look out. 
Um, we kind of talked about that with Zion a couple weeks ago. Obviously, Clay Thompson is the other one who just when he gets going, what in, on earth do you do? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about flamethrowing. Yeah. Um, just absolutely going off. Really, honestly, since, like, I mean, it was before Kobe's death, but Kobe's death, like, the numbers really have intensified. Um, and, and you know, he he's kind of commented on that a little bit. But, yeah, man, I mean, he's dropped 99 points in two games against the Lakers and against the Jazz. And those are two teams that I consider pretty good defensive teams. So I think that's pretty pretty amazing when you when you talk about it. Um, obviously, that just comes six days after he dropped a 61-pointer against Golden State. Um, I saw a stat saying Dame has made 49 threes in his last six games. So just going off, uh, really deserving of the ball inside of things. Yeah, I mean, he's pulling up from all over. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we know how ridiculous the logo shot was against OKC last year. But it well, just, he kind of did it's it again everything. against Westbrook I mean, I, when they played the uh, the Rockets. He did it again against Westbrook. Yeah, and I mean, I was watching the, um, I, I believe it was the game against Indy the other night I was watching, and he just, again, was pulling, these are these are contested shots, and the field goal percentages are strong, you know, obviously yeah. he's, taken a, he's taken a high volume of shots to get to these numbers, but he's, he's creating on them. I mean, 45% against Golden State, 57 against Dallas, 60 against Indy, 52 against Houston, 56 against the Lakers, and 58% against you know, um, against the Jazz the other night. Yeah. These are games where, you know, two games have taken 15 threes, three games have taken 12 threes. I mean, these are difficult shots. You know, usually with percentages like this, a lot of times with guards, they're not quite as high because, again, they're taking difficult shots. Jumpers aren't easy to fall like right. that compared to shots at the rim like it is with big men, obviously. But, uh, I mean, just what a run he's on right now. And, I mean, talk if they get into the playoffs – and he drags the squad into the playoffs the, with all the injuries they've dealt with and with, with a lot of the changes that they've had to undergo this season, then, I mean, he's not going to win it, but he should be in that MVP conversation. Yeah, well, and, and I guess it would depend on the numbers fully at that point because, like, what's the what's the biggest comparison to that would be Westbrook uh, in OKC averaging the triple-double just barely making the playoffs, right? Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think Dame is going to win it. Like, again, right, right, right. That's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. Just, yeah, I'm more putting him in like, like Giannis is going to win MVP. Like we don't, or or if anybody, it's if it's not going to be Giannis, it's going to be LeBron or something like that. Um, I mean, obviously Luca's still on that talk as well. Um, Harden has kind of fallen off a little bit recently. I think he was still firmly in that conversation and should be, but you know, uh, but the fact that Dame can get up into this conversation and and just the way he's taken over and like we said if he's able to drag them into the playoffs like this i just think it's such a notch dame's belt i don't think they're gonna go very very far spoiler alert yeah um but i mean hey they should get nurkic back in a month it's gonna take a little bit to kind of get him adjusted he hasn't played in a while but you know ideally you get him back in the mix they're getting good minutes out of hassan Whiteside. he's been kind of cast off for dead a little bit obviously carmelo anthony he's another one that was pretty cast off for dead going into the season i mean what else needs to be said on that front so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's impressive it's a, it's a really impressive what dame is doing recently yeah and it feels like he always has a run like this every year so um hopefully he can keep it up and usually i mean he's always it, it, and i don't know i don't think it's a small market thing but he always seems to be overlooked uh when he does these like bursts of just crazy games in a row and it's nice to see that people are really taking notice this time um you know a little bit more than than maybe had noticed in the past you know yeah, yeah. no it's uh 
You are absolutely right. I mean, and trust me, Portland fans have been talking about that for a long time. Right. right. Oh, well, Lord and, knows. and and we'll get into we'll get into another fan base that feels a little slighted right now in the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but that'll be a little bit later in the in the show. We're getting into yeah. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. We're getting into Fallen right now. Uh, for me, Fallen is Carl Anthony Towns. Their loss to the Clippers the other night extends Carl Anthony Towns' personal losing streak. Um, obviously, he was out for a while, so. Um, those games don't count because he didn't play. But he has not won a game since November 27th, 2019, and that was against the Spurs. But I will say in the games he has played, he's played well, 27.9 points per game, almost about nine rebounds a game, 4.3 assists, shooting about 50% field goal. It's just they cannot win, you know, uh, seemingly right now when when he's in, uh, at least in the last 15 games. And it's been against good teams, but... It's just rough for him right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. The Timberwolves have obviously been plummeting down the state. I mean, they're second worst in the West mm-hmm. right now. Only Golden State is below them at this point. Um, a lot of trade rumors have started to pop up recently. Um, I mean, I'm sure Minnesota's trying to move Wiggins. Um, we'll see what happens on that front. They've maintained and been steadfast. So they're not trading Carl Anthony Towns. But, you know, again, it's, it's the worry with Cat is that you know, you worry about the frustration and him going to force himself out eventually. The Timberwolves are, are no, going nowhere fast this season. Um, they started hot and have really just plummeted since the first two months. Right. Um, well, and you look at, I don't know. It, you look at um, the Timberwolves and then the teams around him, like you said, towards the bottom there. I mean, you got Golden State Warriors. And when you talk about Golden State Warriors, you're like, well, literally everyone's injured. They're, they're two best players uh, in Clay Thompson and Steph Curry haven't played and you could say Curry played at the beginning of the year, but essentially haven't played. And the Timberwolves, yeah, Cat was hurt for a while. There's been some injuries, but for the most part, like the expectations were still up for the Timberwolves. So yeah. only having 15 wins this year, uh, which is, by the way, four more, only four more wins than the Golden State Warriors have. Like that's not, that's not, you're not going to be happy with that. No, and I mean they're they're even closer to the bottom of the East too. I mean, the, when you look at the bottom of the East, the Knicks have fourteen, the Cavs and the Hawks have thirteen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're only two wins up on on from being bottom in that conference. They've lost eleven straight as of recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that, which is crazy. I mean that means they were fifteen and twenty two at one point. They're fifteen and thirty three right now. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah, it's ugly. Um, I mean, I don't want to again harp on it too much. Um, that cat stat has been floating around though. That's really crazy. Um, but again, you, you know, you hope hope Minnesota doesn't frustrate them and that they can figure something out because you know you don't want to lose again an- another top talent that this franchise has had. I mean, cat's unquestionably one of the best talents they've had there in years. Yeah. Um, you know, you hope it doesn't become one of those situations. Yeah. Yeah. You hope. All right, falling for me. Uh, and and to prove that I am not a homer, I'm going to bash my team because they're annoying me these days. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers on the road are falling. Um, so let's look at all of the playoff teams right now uh, in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. And there are three teams that have losing records on the road, uh, Philly, Brooklyn, and Orlando. Orlando and Brooklyn are well below 500. So Philly is the only team above 500 with losing record on the road. Road. They are nine and seventeen on the road. Have lost two straight um, to Atlanta the other night, and then just absolutely got smoked by Boston last night. Uh, I think ended up losing by twenty one points. Uh, the offensive ratings are just terrific. Um, you can you can chalk it up to what it is, but I mean, we're looking at a team that is twenty two and two at home 
and 9-17 and on the road. And the problem is they're a sixth seed in the Eastern Conference right now. Mm-hmm. They're a half game back of Indy. They're only three back of Miami and Boston for three and four. But the space is starting to separate between them and Toronto, and they're running out of time. Listen, if they have a road playoff series, what makes me think at this point that they don't get bounced in the first round, the way they're completely incapable of winning on the road? Well, to to kind of double up on your stat, I'm looking at the Western Conference uh, for away teams. The first team in their playoff race that is, um, yeah, has a losing record on the road is the, it looks like Grizzlies, if I'm not mistaken. So the Grizzlies, which are in the eighth seed, <laughs> you know, and they're 10 and 12, you know. So as of the Western Conference, in terms of losing, that that kind of puts it in perspective again. Um, and yeah, you shouldn't. You should think that's a first-round exit, it, it, depending on, I, I don't even think, I wouldn't even say depending on who they play. I would say if it's an away game, if it's a away series, uh, why would you why would you expect them to win? I don't know. And, and obviously, like, I'm probably a little lower on them right now. They should. Uh, their road wins on the year are in Detroit, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. in Portland. And that Portland one that's was impressive. One. I remember that. Yeah, that's a good win. Um, in Cleveland, in New York, in Boston. Okay, so that's a good in one. In Detroit again. And I think they in New York again, in Brooklyn. So yeah, who are they even? Who are they beating? Who's two. their most impressive win? It's Portland and Boston. I would say they have two impressive wins out of those. So they yeah. have two impressive wins on the roads. Everybody else, so those are teams they should be beating, and a lot of them weren't impressive. That uh, that Atlanta win at the beginning of the season was by two points. Uh, that Cleveland win, uh, I feel like. Oh, never mind. Actually, that was a home game. They smoked Cleveland. My bad. Um, <laughs> but still, I, I mean, that's just it's it's. It's really an issue, um, and well, I'm well, not going to so go ask you, down the rabbit hole too much. Well, no, no, this is this is more of a generalized uh, question about basketball, I guess. Why do teams lose on the road? If you had to chalk it up to something, would you say it's because they're a younger team? It's not disciplined. Like they get affected more by the away crowd. Like, what would you say is the reason NBA teams lose on the road? that can be like kind of set across the board. I think a lot of time, I mean, a lot of times it's younger mm-hmm. and it's inexperienced teams. Um, that's the easiest one to say where that's, they just, ex- you know, it is, it's, it's a hostile environment. You're not in the mm-hmm. comfort of your home. You're not getting fueled up by the crowd. A lot of times. Oh, granted, there are some players who obviously use the hate as the fuel and that's a totally different scenario. But see, that's, um, that's, that's what I'm getting at is to me, they're playing like a really young team. They're playing like they are a young team. They are a young team. But they have the experience. No, they're not. No, but no, they're not. And that's the. And I'm yes. tired of that. They're not a young team. They play together. They've done this multiple right. years now. Like I'm running out of excuses for this crap. And like that's the issue. Is like it's the lack of effort. It's the lack of emotion. It's the lack of game. And that, the Sixers are last year's Celtics. They are, and they are. They're they're second round flameouts to me. And I picked them to win the damn title on this podcast. But they just they don't fit. They don't like each other. And I mean, I I do. They're this is the first time. But like I'm cracking on the Embiid and Ben Simmons wall. I think they're gonna probably have to move one of them. Well, let me ask you this: If you had to name three teams in the NBA right now that are the most disappointing. Which three are you putting there? Oh, let me pull the standings up real quick. Because it's got to be, I mean, Timberwolves, I'm definitely putting on there, honestly, because only having 15 wins and at least... uh, But uh, what were your expectations for the Wolves? At least the playoffs. 
You know what I mean? Like, I at least thought playoffs with, with the teams that were supposed to drop out. Like, we thought the Thunder were going to drop out. Um, I don't think we expected the Grizzlies to be up there. We didn't expect the Suns to, to be up there. We thought maybe the Pelicans would be closer, but that's that was when we thought Zion was going to play right off the rip. Um, and so I honestly, yeah, I really did think the, the Timberwolves were at least going to be fighting for a playoff spot, po- probably with like, I thought the Trailblazers and Kings, honestly, after last year's playing. So I would put, I would definitely put the Timberwolves on that list. Personally, I think, you know, I, I, I would say the next team on that for me would be the Sixers. We thought they were going to be the second best team. They're in the sixth spot right now. You know? Yeah, it's just the problem is, is they look so good at home that it makes you think that they can turn it on in the playoffs. And that's what I think is, is what continues to be the fool's gold. And at what point do you break that off? Because they do. I mean, they blow the doors off everybody at home and they beat. I mean, they beat the Lakers on national television the other night. Mm-hmm. They're one of the few teams to really punk the Bucks this year. Um you know they've been that good at home, and so it it's just so bizarre. And the only reason, I mean, and they're in top five, disappointing for me. Uh, I don't have them in top three, only because I think the other ones are more extreme. I mean, my top three in, in some order are Golden State, uh, just because I think we expect them to be the worst team in the league this year. I mean, that was that's quite the fall. Who'd you say? Um, I'm sorry. Who'd you say? I, Golden State. Golden, Golden, Golden State. State. Yeah. I've got Golden State. I've got Sacramento is up there for me just because I thought they were going to kind of take the leap this year and, and you would hope that they would make the playoffs and trend in the right direction. And instead, they've pretty much all regressed at this point. And then the other one is Atlanta. Atlanta, mm-hmm. too. I mean, and again, a lot of it, John Collins getting suspended and a couple of other things. But, you know, I expected Atlanta to push for a playoff spot this year. We're talking about them being worse than the Eastern Conference right now. Um, other ones that are disappointing to me that to less of an extent are Portland, which obviously could change if they make the playoffs, um, the Sixers and, and even Chicago a little bit, but Chicago's still not totally out of that playoff spot yet again either. So that could change with them. I thought Chicago's young core was going to kind of take some leaps this year. Um, kind of to flip it. Um, my overachievers are so far are Charlotte, even though they've come back to earth a little bit, I thought Charlotte, like I said, was going to be the absolute worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is over? I mean, Miami's overachieved. I thought Miami was going to be back in the playoffs, but I didn't think they were going to be this good. You have to put Thunder um, on that. Oklahoma, yeah, OKC and Dallas are the other two, or, or I thought were the, are the easy. I mean, and even Memphis, too. If Memphis gets in the playoffs, that's a massive overachieve oh, for yeah. me. Um Everybody else, but but there's a couple teams in the Western Conference that I feel like are doing better. Because I mean, even the Pels are going to be are going to be more of who we thought they might be now that Zion's back. Yeah, they're on they're um, on a win streak. They're they're really capping it off. I'm I'm telling you, I I really if I had to make a top three disappointing teams, I I would definitely go Hawks, uh, Timberwolves, and Sixers. Those are my three. Yeah. See, I'm just, I didn't have as high of expectations for Timberwolves, so I feel like that's why they're not in it for me, where, like, I did have more for Sacramento and Golden State. Philly, I guess it depends, again, it just depends on the playoffs. If the Sixers flame out in the first round, they're number one, right. in my opinion. Well, and that's like, what I mean. Are, as, of, are, as of They are flat out number one if they flame out in the first round. These, the, This can change. Um, like, everything can change around, but as of right now, those are my three. I mean, that's, that's where I kind of feel about everything, because... Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's not an excuse for that either. Right. Right, and that's and that's my point. I mean, Golden State has the excuse. Golden State has the excuse with the injuries and losing KD and stuff like that. But but even so, I think even with all that, I know I made a joke, or well, it wasn't really a joke. It was definitely a, a prediction that I thought they were still gonna 
they were still going to make it in the playoffs and go pretty far in the playoffs. So being the worst team uh, really makes me look wrong. So, um, yeah, those are my three. I, I'm definitely thinking those are the top three uh, disappointing teams. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's get into some all-stars because that's not dis- – well, I guess it could be disappointing depending on your perspective. Um, but the NBA all-star rosters have been announced. Um, you know, we talked about the starters on the last episode, which just dropped. Um, and, of course, they, those were – you know, there was a little bit of controversy with them. Um, we talked about the Jimmy Butler stuff a little bit mm-hmm. um, in terms of him not starting and, and debating the guard play. But, uh, nevertheless, the all-star rosters have been revealed. And uh, this one, uh, let's just say, had a little bit more controversy uh, this time around. Um, so for the Eastern Conference, uh, excuse me, my uh, my browser is loading. I'm actually just trying to uh, kill some time here. Well, because, I, can, you know, I, can, apparently, I, gonna, I have them if you want me to rattle them off. I was going to give a shout out. Yeah, to, why, why don't you rattle these off? Because okay. apparently NBA.com is not liking my ad block <laughs> these days. So. No worries. Uh, so so shout out to the first timers. I, I I didn't I didn't divide them up from east to west and that is uh, an argument I will bring up later. Um, but for me, the first timers that are getting into the All Star games, shout out to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Uh, Rudy Gobert also receiving a one million dollar contract bonus for being selected. So shout out to him and getting that extra money. Uh, Pelicans forward Brandon Ingram. We got Bam on there from the Miami Heat. You got uh, Sabonis from the Pacers and Jason Tatum from the Celtics, all first-timers getting into the All-Star game. So shout-out to those guys. In terms of the returning guys, you got Dame going in for the fifth time. You got Jokic going in for a second time. Kyle Lowry getting in for a sixth. Jimmy Butler for his fifth. You got Ben Simmons and Chris Middleton making it in for their second time each. Um, And what I wanted to get into, because I've I've been thinking about this for a while, is the snubs and i specifically want to call out espn for their article that they posted about this so when they posted this article i'll just read you the clip i I copied and pasted the clip the part that i wanted to get into it says the biggest name left off this year's all-star roster rosters are clippers forward paul george brooklyn nets guard kyrie irving washington wizards guard bradley beal and it goes into a little bit about George and Irving missing a bunch of games, so that's probably why they didn't make it. But Beal is playing on the Wizards, yeah. and being out of the playoffs kind of hurts him. And then they go, other notable misses include Celtics forward Jalen Brown, Chicago Bulls guard Zach Levine, Minnesota Timberwolves center Carl Anthony Towns, and Phoenix Sun guard Devin Booker. They literally put Devin Booker last on this list. Like... Dude, he should have been the first one that you talked about missing. Him and Bradley Beal should have been the first two, in my opinion, that you're like, these two weren't in it, and we're surprised. Because then they come out and drop this ESPN stat that says Booker is one of only six players in NBA history to average 27 points per game, six assists per game, and shoot 50% from the field and not make an all-star game. So you'd snub him even on your list of people that didn't get into the game and then you come out with a tweet saying like yeah he really got snubbed it's like come on man make your article at least point that out right off the rip and be like yo booker should have been in this one yeah no they um yeah booker and booker and bradley beal are are, what was it the highest scorer since like the 70s to not make the all-star game or something like that yeah um yeah, Booker's absolutely got be i mean well okay let's get spicy right off rip i'm taking russ off who are you taking off 
Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the problem is I, I hate taking people off to put people in. I know that goes against everything I said. But yeah, probably Russ. I mean, that's that's the kind of the, the easy one to to point out right off the rip. I mean, he's not having the best year. And, and no, no discredit to him. It's just we're used to him, you know, doing Russ things as his own team and being the main focus of his team. And now that he's on the Rockets, that's not necessarily the case. Um, the other thing, honestly, like, I mean, if you, if you want to get into it, um, Booker has like, but like, I guess if you get into the wins and losses of it, like you're like, okay, well the Suns only have 20 wins, right? But that's already more wins than the Suns had last year. So I think that should come into a, a factor as well. And if that's the case, if that's your argument, then let's talk about Trey Young, who is an all-star starter, and the Hawks only have 13 wins. You know what I mean? Well, right. So, well, and, that, and that's the part that's, that gets frustrating is is what's the consistency right. here? Um, it, it like, you know, is it winning or is it stats? Because right. if it's you know a Trey Young selection to the All Star game and starting makes it seem like that those stats matter, and I think they should matter. Like those numbers should get highlighted. But then to not have book in the game at all, right? You know, because they don't win. Like, so what is it then? Well, and on top of that, like, like Booker is seventh in the league for total points this season. That's above Ingram. That's above LeBron. That's above Donovan Mitchell. All guys that are in the All Star game. So, like, to yeah. me, it it I I mean, I think, and and I know people won't like it, but I think Trey Young's there because of the hype. Because because the the to put it in a bad way, the national media talks about him a lot more than they talk about Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. Like Booker doesn't get the credit that he should get, so there it is. But I mean, if you're seventh in the league above guys that are making it in, honestly, like you could probably make an argument that he should be in over Ingram. You could probably make an argument that he should be be in over Donovan Mitchell. You could probably make these arguments of him being over Trey Young. So I I don't want to make him because I don't want to get hate from those guys or, or or those guys' teams, fans, and stuff like that. Like that's I get why they're also in there. I just think at some point Booker deserves more credit than than the guys that are in there, and that's why I'm I'm bringing up names and saying, well, you know, if if he's in, then Booker definitely should be in. If he's in, then Booker definitely should be in. But that's the one that that really caught me off guard and was like, wow, man, like this guy can't catch a break. The Phoenix Suns. Well, it's really caught. Can't catch a break. Well, it's where the conferences play in, and, and that's where it gets interesting, is I do, because I think, I don't know. I mean, Chris Paul, I think, should get in just because of, of how OKC is playing, too. Yeah. Um, I think Donovan and Rudy should both be in it. I think Brandon Ingram should be in it, too. Um, like, Russ is the clear cut for me on letting book in this game. Like, that, that to me, is, is a bit egregious. In the East, I'm a little... Like, I don't know who I'm cutting here. I think Jimmy's an all-star. I think Ben is an all-star. I think Chris Middleton is an all-star. I think Kyle Lowry is. I think Bam is. I think, you know, at that point, my last two were Sabonis and Tatum. You know, I feel like it's some, like, Sabonis is one of those rewards because Indy is really good this year, and he's having a, he's having career numbers. Yeah. And I feel like he should probably be in this game, given that where it is. With Jason Tatum, it's interesting because, I mean, it, it almost goes to another snub, like, Maybe I'm wrong here, but and, and Celtics fans correct me, like tweet me up. But I'm I'm curious about the like. I feel like Jalen Brown's been better than Jason Jason Tatum. No, uh, you know, 
the way, yeah, but again, it comes down to name, right? Like if you if you take the casual NBA fan and you ask him about the Celtics, they're gonna know Jason Tatum over over Brown, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Probably because of all the rookie year hype. It's just, I mean, I feel like those guys are pretty equally billed though, as, as the two Celtics young guys, along with Marcus Smart. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like. And again, maybe I'm wrong, and I, you know, maybe I just haven't watched Boston enough this year. But it, it just feels like to me, like whenever I watch them, that Jalen Brown stands out more. Like Tatum, but Tatum is super consistent. Like Tatum is way more consistent on a night-to-night basis. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it feels like Jalen Brown is kind of taking a, a little bit of a leap this year. And it feels like to me that if they were going to pick a Celtic, which I mean, I think they should pick a Celtic, other than Kemba, obviously. Um, given how well they're playing, like I, I was a little surprised it wasn't Brown over Tatum. Um, but but to that point, like I think Bradley Beal should probably be in over Sabonis or Tatum. Like Bradley Beal is just so good night in and night out. And I know the Wizards stink, but they're still kind of better than we thought they were going to be. And uh, I mean, imagine that team without Bradley Beal. I guess put it that way. It's one of those take him off and, and look at the vacuum you'd be in. But I have less of a beef with that than the Booker thing. Yeah, um, that's kind of yeah. I, 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 the Booker one's the one that sticks out the most. So, uh, the other announcement that kind of came with the All Star games is uh, the the a change to the game. Actually, that's pretty wild. Essentially, what they're going to do is both teams are going to play for charity, um, and then every the team that wins every quarter that the the charity will get some money thrown its way. Then in the fourth quarter. They tally up the three quarters before that's points, and then the winning team has to get 24 more points on top of that to win. So um, the example they use, say the score is um, 100 to 90 going into the fourth, the winning team would have to score 124 points to win. Um, Right. And so then the losing team would have to score, you know, in that case, 34 points uh, because they're 10 behind. So part of me part of me thought they made it really more confusing than it had to be. Like, I was like, wait a second, what's happening here? I don't understand this at all. Um, and I really had to read it for a while to fully understand it. Maybe that's just me being bad at reading or something. But um, I I like the idea of doing it to honor Kobe, you know, putting the putting the, the last score having to be 24 more points. Um, you knew they were going to do something like that. Um, and, and I was just reading something a second ago that the, the jerseys are going to – um, honor Kobe as well. So uh, that announcement just coming out the other day. So um, I, I had a feeling that's the way the All Star Game would go. I, I'm cool with it if it if it's a way that kind of gets the players a little more involved in a way. You know, no one wants to be the guy that didn't try hard enough and cost a charity, you know, some some money. Yeah. Um, I so I love the Jersey tribute. Um, I, I talked about that on the other one. I, mm-hmm. I had said, I figured they'd wear 24 and eight, but I like the 24 and two for Gianna even more. Um, so that part is great. Um, I, I do got to admit these rules just feel kind of unnecessarily confusing. Yeah. Like if you want to do the quarter for charity, that's fine and, and do all that. But, and I, I don't mind hard capping and, and having the all-star game end when a team reaches a number first. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's an, an interesting scenario to make the all-star game competitive. Um, I, I do think these rule changes with the quarter points and, and all that is a little confusing. And There's a lot of math kinda, I mean, I'm still going to. And, and nobody likes yeah. to do math. 
Right, like it's an all-star game. Like I just want to kind of sit back and watch it. But right, right. Um, no, it's um, but be intrigued. I'm going to watch this year. Um, I'm more inclined to watch this year than in past years, just more because of the Kobe tributes than anything. Yeah. Um, that's just what it all comes down to for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, it. I like the jersey changes the most. That's what I'm. I'm. I'm most excited about. That's what I feel like was. You know, the it was the right decision to be made and. You know, All-Star Weekend coming up in Chicago is going to be real emotional. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. For sure. And so um, I, I also think a part of this is Adam Silver moving some things around, experimenting with some things, because I think, you know, uh, like like they've talked about, this is where he wants to have that tournament. So changing some things around already, kind of making some moves, seeing how it looks. I'm telling you, Bradley, uh, was it Bradley? I think it was CJ McCollum, actually, put a tweet out. A few weeks after we came out of the podcast of where we had the debate of doing a one-on-one uh, tournament for cash for the players, I think CJ McComb came out and said they should do that during this week. I'm telling you, I'm yeah. still about that. Like, I think that would be awesome. So I kind of hope that does become a thing. Um, and it sounded like at least CJ McComb said players would definitely be in. If you're throwing cash their way, they're going to they're gonna do it. Um, and then you could have, like, you have those, what was it? You have those comments from Kobe you know, back in the day, maybe it wasn't even back in the day. I forget when he did it, but he pretty much saying like one on one, I'd beat LeBron. It's how it's how I am. It's my game is one on one. So you could have those arguments instead of people just saying it. They could then take yeah. it to the court and actually have those games of a Kobe LeBron one on one situation like that. You can have Dame and CJ go one on one. You can have you know if if you, these players, you can have Westbrook or Harden and whoever you want to match it up and you ha- you can have the guys trash talk like I am still a huge fan of that idea. I think it would be awesome to to bring somehow into the All-Star game weekend. Um I don't know I don't know how it would look, how it would work out, but I am still a big fan of that and I know we talked about it once and kind of never brought it up again, but I know CJ made a comment about it um on Twitter you know, pretty much right after that, that week that we were talking about it. So I think, I still think that could be something really huge to, to bring into the, into the fold for all-star week as well. Yeah. Um, Harden, Dame and Kyrie for the record would be my top three favorites to win a one-on-one tournament in the NBA. Yeah. Um, maybe Steph would jump in there too. If he's not injured. Yeah. Yeah, Clay, um, Clay Thompson too. Most like, I mean, these guys can just. Uh, hit you these... trust Clay? To, you trust Clay to create like those other guys? No, I guess you're right. I just, I'm just thinking. That's of the, the crazy thing. It's shots. everything. Like, I mean, Gian, like we talk about all the time. Like Giannis could very well be the best player in the NBA now, but I wouldn't take Giannis in this tournament. No, I guess he could run over everybody, but I guess you you try to strip him and you try to like almost go low and tabletop him essentially. Yeah. Um, where you know at that but point think... you look at ISO guys on. I think you'd almost have to do it like, uh, like, like, f- like boxing, you know, like a heavyweight, a lightweight, like you get like, so somebody that's technically a point guard size wise, you know, you, you let the point guards go up against each other or point guards and shooting guards, guards in general, go up against each other, forwards yeah. go against each other, the big men, you know, you could have Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond just backing each other down for, for 24 points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, you can really, you can really match it up pretty well then. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that'd be fun. I mean, I'd love to see like, yeah. Can you imagine a big man division with like Embiid and Anthony Davis Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns? Carl Anthony and, Towns. You know, you know, go down the list. Taco Fall. He's so. Yeah, <laughs> Taco Fall. Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Um. 
That'd be super fun. Uh, Taco did play the other night. I guess that's just the only fun positive of the Sixers getting blown out on ABC. It's time for hot takes from Reddit. Right? Hot take number one. We always like to go through and find the spiciest, most moy caliente takes from Reddit. Uh, let you guys know what's going on. Uh, I'm going to start. Uh, this one is less spicy. It's more Kobe. So I, this would be the like, I don't know, like the regular Texas Pete of takes, I guess. Okay. Um, Frank's but, Red So Hot. this comes in the clip. Yeah, I like Frank's ones. Then uh, well, we should actually talk hot sauces one time. Frank's is good. Um, the, the Clippers will not cover Kobe Bryant's jerseys for the remainder of the season. I like that. Um, obviously, when the Clippers are forming the staples, they cover that up. And just the take just strictly, co- or strictly comes from facetiously. And he says, good job, Clippers. Even in death, Kobe can't be covered. <laughs> I mean, I see what, he, I see what he's saying. Um, yeah, I like the move for the Clippers doing that. Um and and I like all the other teams. I mean, we kind of talked about it when we did our little like twenty minute Kobe episode. Uh, the Mavericks were like the first team to come out and, and kind of say they were going to retire his number. But now you've got players changing numbers. I mean, Embiid wore twenty four the one night. Um, you know, other guys are changing their numbers so that their teams can retire that number in jersey. And at first, I was kind of like, yeah, but it's not. It's not. You know, it's not the Lakers. So like. Why are you like I felt weird about it, but now I'm kind of about it and and the way that the teams are doing it, I think it is a really good move. Um, but I, I'm I'm not afraid to admit that at one point I was kind of like, eh, do, why are why you know Mavericks? Why are the Mavericks retiring Kobe's jersey? Um, but I kind of like it now that that everybody's kind of gotten on board and and everybody's paying tribute. And now that it's an everything everybody thing, uh, it feels a little bit better, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Um, I do think it's a, it's a good move by the Clippers. Um, you know, it eventually the Clippers are going to get their own arena, so it's just always still kind of one of those awkward situations. And because and it is. I mean, that's the reality is that the Lakers are, you know, them and the Celtics are the most decorated NBA franchises in history, so there's mm-hmm. a ton of banners hanging up there. And for the Clippers, well, they really haven't been. Um, so it'll get less awkward, but yeah, I, I think for this season it's a no, it's a no-brainer. You can't cover up Kobe after no. this. It's just you know, no, no, it's don't, different. Don't do it. Don't do it. And so I'm, I'm with him on that. I guess we both have Clippers hot takes, which is kind of wild. Hot take number two. And my hot take comes in from a tweet that says Kawhi Leonard playing today, which was uh, last night uh, as of recording this, so um, Saturday night. Uh, marks just the second time in Clippers. Oh, marks just the second time the Clippers have had their 10-man rotation healthy this season. The other time was Christmas Day against the Lakers. Now, the comment response to that is, says, doesn't matter, they'll be ready for the playoffs. This duo and team is going to be something else when it matters. Yeah, I mean, li- listen, I hope that that's right, and that's what Clippers fans are banking on, because like you said, that chemistry, you know, the good thing going in for the Clippers going into this season is that a lot of these guys already had the chemistry. They played together last year. They had Shamit. They had Lou Williams. They had Montreal Harris. They had Pat Beverly. They had all these other you know role players that they've had play alongside Kawhi and PG now. Um, I do think it's been a bit difficult, like you said, getting that consistency with the injuries. Um, but look, they've looked really good when it's mattered a couple of times. Now, they've also had a couple of games that make you scratch your head. 
But they're 2-0 against the Lakers. Obviously, didn't get a chance to play the third one. Um, I still feel like they're a better team than Denver at this point. So, I mean, listen, look, I picked them to come out of the West. Um, I just, I do. I, I worry about the lack of, chem- of chemistry because I do think that matters, especially come playoff time. But, hey, um, you know, it's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like, they do this. Like, we've seen them do this all the time. So, you know, yeah. I, I think the, certainly the talent level on the Clippers is a lot higher than a lot of these other teams. I think there's a level of concern that they are that they won't have that chemistry like you said i think i'm more worried about paul george um as of now only playing 28 games so like that kind of concerns me and you kind of want to see what what's going on there so that's a little bit of a concern i think if you had to like layer it i would say he's more of a concern than Kawhi is because Kawhi is more of a game management type situation so um yeah i mean definitely excited to see them finally get to a situation where maybe like we can see them play a few games together, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it is it is crazy. Like we said, we're about to be at the All-Star break, and, you know, they haven't really played together like that. Like, that chemistry thing is concerned. But also, like, Kawhi Leonard's had nine straight games of 30 points. So mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to be just all right. They're hanging afloat. They're still third in the West. They're right there with Denver. They've beaten the Lakers twice already, like we said. So, you know, I'm still pretty high on this team. I, I think it'll figure itself out. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody, for my bad. Go ahead. No, I was just I was just agreeing with you, and you can't. I don't think you can see it on the stream, but I was. Uh, my my camera shots reversed. Uh, so if you're if you're on the YouTube page, you can watch it. But I was showing off my Wawa hoodie. <laughs> I was gonna say I, like, you randomly threw up the Wawa hoodie now, and I was like, why now? What's going on? It's towards the Shout end. Wawa, though. Towards the end, man. You know. If if we could get a single sponsorship, I think Wawa would be the one I want. Like, I don't we even want. Could really vouch. For I don't even I don't even want money from them. I just want them to promise me that every day that we record, which is every sa- uh, Saturday or Sunday, every weekend, they'll just give me one free sub, and and I would be in. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, can I walk in and just get hell? I don't even get a, a sub. Like if if it's a day where we're together in studio, just can I get a sizzly and a coffee? Like that's sizzly it. Sizzly and a coffee. I don't even need. Dude, yeah, yeah, I'm about it. I'm telling you, yeah, Wawa, hit us up. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. We appreciate you guys, as always. You can hit us up on Twitter at Driving Dish NBA. Tweet me, Kevin, at Refuse to Lose. Tweet Justin at Justin C on the air. We haven't done that in a while. Figure I'd give them a shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, always, uh, you can follow us if you are an Android user, Google Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, Player FM. All those other places, if you're an Apple user, of course, leave us a review on iTunes. We will read them, good or bad, on the podcast. Yep, and uh, be sure to show some love to lineups.com. You can find them on social media as well, or just head over to lineups.com. You can find all the podcasts there. I think we've done enough dancing for today, so why don't we dance Wednesday? See you, Starside. Okay, well, I'm out of here. Get home. Da, 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 hey! All right, all right. I think they get the point. (laughs) Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.